Welcome to episode number 44 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series dealing with our finances. We went about 20 episodes dealing with our finances need prayer and faith. Then we got into several episodes where we were dealing with God is our source and specific issues of our finances. And then last week I did part one of our new episodes entitled God is our source in finance and he can be our partner if we line up our finances according to the instructions that he gives us in his word. I explained a lot of, that a lot of folks will have a problem trying to understand how they could be a partner with God. But in reality, he partners with us on a day-to-day basis. His Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. He gave the life of his Son for us that we would have eternal life. And he wants to be there. The Bible says that draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. The Bible says that God wants to bless us abundantly. It talks about being overcomers and on and on. There's many, many places where the Word of God tells us that he wants us to prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. So I want to talk about that partnership relationship that God wants to have with us, that he thinks of us in a way that we just can't even imagine or even think. So when we think of God as our source, we should also think of him as being our partner in our finances. We must learn how to pursue God, though, and not just his resources. A lot of folks want the blessing rather than to be a follower of Christ, rather than to commit them their lives to the Lord, rather than giving a portion of their finances to the work of the Lord. They just want the blessings at the end and miss out on the opportunities they have to be a blessing. When we talk about God being our partner and looking at his resources, we must seek the creator and not the creation. The creation I'm talking about is land and gold and silver and diamonds and and the wealth that's out there. Remember, God owns it all. If you remember back when I was teaching in a prior episode, we read in Psalm 50 and verse number 10, it talked about God's wealth. And let me read a little bit of that again to bring you up to date. And it says here in chapter 50, in verse 10 in the book of Psalms, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'll start at 10. Let's see where it goes from there. For all the animals of the force are mine. This is God talking. He says, I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For all the world is mine and everything in it. Now, when the Lord is referring to owning all this stuff, he's not trying to impress you that he's got a lot of cows and a lot of bulls and a lot of houses and he's got land and all that, but he does. He owns it all. Everything that he has created is, quite frankly, is his. But what the Lord is telling us is that he is unlimited in his possessions. He is unlimited in his ability to bless us. He is unlimited in his position as our partner in life every day and our partner in our financial decisions and the finances that we partake of that he brings into our life. The Bible says that every perfect and good gift comes from heaven, comes from the Father. So he just wants to bless us and give to us. And he's just making a statement there to let us all understand that he has the substance to do everything that he wants to do. And even beyond what obviously we can even imagine or even think. You know, I've talked before about partnerships that I was in as a real estate developer and as a home builder and did various types of real estate activity and transactions, things like land syndications where you buy a bunch of property and you put it together and 
bring investors in and you sell the property and split the profits to building custom homes for people and making a nice profit on that. And those are things that I did. And many times I had partners and other times I didn't have partners. However, many times I forgot that I had the greatest partner you could ever have, that God was my partner. And there were times in my business career, I'm not proud to say it, that I did a lot of things and I didn't pray as much as I should have. It usually turned out poorly when I didn't seek God first in a financial decision. I can remember in one case, I found a piece of property. My wife and I were going to build a big custom home and sell it in a very, very nice part of Arizona. And I built a very large home, a very expensive home. It looked like it was going to be a wonderful project and be very successful. We prayed a little bit, but we really didn't seek the Lord as sincerely as we should have. And we even broke many of the rules that we had for purchasing property. I always had guidelines. I did my what you call due diligence. Now, due diligence is, you know, are the steps and the things that you do to check out what you're investing in to make sure it's a good, solid thing, that it's a practical thing to get involved with and understand exactly the, what we call the good and the bad of a transaction. And I had this list of 10 things that were required to do a investment on a piece of property and put a house on it. So because of that, I had that list. I didn't really spend much time looking into that list. Just kind of thought, well, this will be an easy one. This is not going to be a big deal. Went ahead and just jumped into it without very much prayer. Well, it turned out to be probably the worst home that I ever built. It was a beautiful home, but it was very difficult to sell. We violated a lot of the rules that we had, things like the location of the property and, and, and how big to build the home, those types of things. And I violated a lot of my guidelines. Those were things that I believe the Lord helped me understand that I should do. But we took several years to get through the property. We owned that property about six years. To give you some idea, when we build a home, we typically like to build it in six to nine months and then maybe own it for a few months after that. But totally, in about a year, we want to get into a project and get out of a project. And it works pretty well that way. Well, this one took years and years and years. It's because I did not seek my source like I should have. And I didn't think about God's ability to invest his resources into what I was working on and make the thing, you know, come out properly. So let's let's talk about how other people deal with their finances and how people sometimes forget that God is their source and misunderstand what it means to make God our partner and to then have the opportunity to tie into his resources. I'm going to read a number of verses in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to start somewhere probably around verse 6. And the reason I say that is that I'm not sure how many verses I can read and still get it in with this 30-minute episode that we're putting on today. So let me just start reading. I'm reading from the New Living Translation in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great gain. Or some of the translations say wealth, and others say things like prosperity or success, those types of things. But let's use New Living Translation. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Verse 7, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world. Obviously, that's what took place. We were born with nothing, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So therefore, a lot of folks think that they can, I think, because they're holding it back and hoarding it back and not being generous with it. Verse 8, so if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Verse 9, this is very, very important. Listen closely to this. Verse 9, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, for the love of money 
is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, craving money, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Wow. We need to go back and look at that a lot closer and understand how God is warning us here. The Word of God is warning us that it's okay to be successful. It's okay to have money. It's okay to even be rich. But if our only desire in life is to long to be rich or is to, to get ourselves just wrapped up so it's all about how much money we can get. When we make more, we want more. When we make more, we want more. And then we want more. And I've known a lot of people who struggle with that, especially in my years as a banker. I had customers who were worth tens of millions of dollars, but were never satisfied with it. The more millions that they made, the more millions that they wanted to make. And they wanted to be richer than the next guy. And they have more wealth than the guy down the street or his or the business associate that they had. So that's when we step into that realm where we lose God as our source. And then we are no longer a partner with him because he will not partnership with people who love money more than they love him. So let's look a little closer. But people who long to be rich, what that means is that they that's all they talk about. I'm not sure if you've ever been around people that all they ever talk about is the stock market or making more money or investing in gold or land or silver or whatever it might be, but all they talk about is longing, a desire to be rich. It says if that's what they do and their their whole focus is to look at that, they fall into temptation, it says. And that boy, that is true. I've seen so many young men who were successful, maybe had a good career going on. They were married, had a wonderful wife and family, and maybe they started drinking a lot of booze. That's alcohol. And they were distracted from their family and then got attracted to someone else, went out and committed adultery, and they fell into temptation. And then it says, and they're trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Well, I can't think of too many things that's that's are, that are ruins or destruction in your life is to lose those that you love, to lose maybe your health or to become addicted with alcohol or drugs or where it might be. And all that is we're being warned, we're being cautioned to remember that God can't be our partner if we have a desire to just long to be rich. Verse 10 says, for the love of money. That means simply that you love it. You desire it. You love money more than you love God. And that's another thing that people are challenged with. A lot of folks will leave a church if the pastor takes up a donation and says, we need to have money to pay for this or pay for that or build a new building or expand a ministry in the church. Or if an evangelist comes in and he's preaching the gospel message all over the world and he needs money to travel and to take the gospel to nations where they've not heard the gospel. And they these people get angry and get upset. The other day I was having lunch with a guy who visited our church and he said, you know, I really enjoy the church. It's great. He said, but what I can't stand is when someone stands up there and they say, we need money for this or we need money for that. He said, actually, one day, he said, a man got up there and he was trying to sell a book. He had written a book and he was trying to make money off the church for selling a book. And he said, I thought that was terrible. That was a horrible thing for him to do. Well, this particular man was very wealthy, worth millions and millions of dollars. He had a huge amount of income coming in every year and he had more money than he'd probably ever be able to spend in his lifetime. And he was offended by someone asking him, to give $10 or $20 to buy a book or make a donation to something. So we've got to be careful and understand that God will not form a partnership with those people who have fallen in love with money more than what they have fallen in love with God. So you might ask yourself, how do I know if I'm challenged with money and that maybe I'm overprotecting my funds? I guess I need to put it this way to you. If you pray about something and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you with finances, 
And all of a sudden you see that things are improving and you're becoming more generous or more understanding or you're not as focused on just making money. Then you're on the right track. But if you never pray and seek the Lord, if you never read the Word of God dealing with finances and you get upset with those who talk about finances, for example, you may be upset with this scripture. If you're upset by this scripture where it says, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction, if that bothers you, then you need to pray and ask God to help you understand that that was written not to bother us, not to hurt us, not to offend us. It was it was written to instruct us, to show us how to tie into God's blessings, how to tie into God as, as our source, how to connect with God as a partner. If we violate all these things that are, are warning us here in First Timothy, then we simply will not be able to receive the blessings that God has for us and we'll be seeking those blessings on our, on our own and those blessings just simply do not fulfill and they don't last. So then it says in verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. What that's simply saying is if you Need, we need money. Let's just let's just understand that. We've got to have money. We need money to live on. I can't have electricity in my home if I don't pay the bill. I can't have food to eat if I don't have money to pay it. So the Lord knows that and he knows that we need finances. Matter of fact, I've said many times before, the word of God, about one-sixth of the word of God has to deal with money, finances, possessions, the proper use or the improper use of it. So if God dedicated about a sixth of the word of God talking about all all the issues with materialism and money and finances and all those things, then I think he's aware of the fact that we need to have some money. But he's, but we're being cautioned here not to love money because it then becomes the root of all kinds of evil. And it goes on to say something that's very powerful. It says, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So see, money, the love of money, and the desire just to make more money, and long to be rich, and that you want to get this thing done, and you want God's blessing, but you're not going to commit to Him. You want God to bless you with extra finances, and give you a certain amount of money, but you're not willing to share it with the church. You don't understand generosity, because you think that God should be generous to you, but you're supposed to just keep back everything that you've got. If that's the attitude that you've got, well, bless your heart, it needs to change. Because in those people are going to run into serious problems in their life. This one little paragraph in here deals with the issues of destruction in our life. It talks about falling into ruin, plunging ourselves into harmful desires and doing foolish things. I have seen people make some of the dumbest mistakes in their life. They'll they'll go in and cash their check at the bank and maybe it's $1,000 or something and since they worked somewhere and someone gave them $1,000. Then they run down to the casino and they run into there with that $1,000 and they gamble it all away and in about five minutes, it's gone. As a matter of fact, I've seen men and women both have that same problem. That's an addiction. It's something that this verse is talking about. They have such a desire to make more money. They want to take that thousand and turn it into a 10,000 or a 100,000. But deep inside, the casinos are set up that you're not going to make money. There are some that make money, but the vast majority of people that really don't know what they're doing are in there just throwing their money away. I'm very much opposed to gambling. I think gambling is a violation of God's word. I think it's a desire to make more money. It's it's a love for money and it causes us to run into all kinds of problems. It says in, in here, let's go back to verse 10 again. It says, and some people craving money. Now, craving, what an interesting word. 
Craving means that that's kind of all we think about. You know, sometimes I get hungry for a certain thing. I crave an ice cream cone. I like ice cream cones that are dipped in chocolate. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about. You take vanilla ice cream and you dip it down into a, like a bowl of chocolate and then you, that chocolate and the ice cream gets together and I like that. I can crave that. That's just simply a desire for that. But that craving for money is not like an ice cream cone. That craving is that you want money more than anything else. People who crave it, who seek it, who love money will basically do anything they can do to make more money, even if it means losing their family, losing their health, losing their marriage. They'll do whatever it takes. And God's warning us, please, whatever you do, don't get yourself involved with that. Then then Paul give some final instructions here to Timothy and very, very powerful words that he tells us. And these are words that we should be able to receive when we're thinking about understanding that God is our source and that we want to be tied to him and be his partner and then have the opportunity to, to open up our lives to the unlimited resources of God. And he says here in verse 11, but you, Timothy, he says, are a man of God. So run from all these things. He's he's telling a man who loves the Lord to run. So if you're listen, sitting out there and you're saying, well, Pastor, I appreciate this teaching, but I don't love money. I don't have all these issues. I don't I don't just push, push, push for more money, and I don't have all those issues. I'm not that concerned. I'm content with what I have and all that. And that would be that's great if that's where you stand. But here he's talking to Timothy. So he's warning a Christian, a believer, a man who's solid in his faith. Timothy was a young man and he's pastoring a church and he needed help and guidance. So Paul was warning him about money. And the reason I think that's so important to understand is that in the church today, we see some people who have a terrible time with money and they crave it and they desire it. And they might even be the pastor of the church. And I've known of pastors, and this is so sad, there's very few of them, but I've known of pastors who've actually stolen money from the church or stolen things, possessions from the church and left the church. And I knew one particular guy that he left a church, he got fired, he left the church. And so he then backed up a giant truck went into the church when it was closed, when everybody was gone and gone home, and he loaded up all the equipment in the church, the, the organ and the piano and all the pews in this place, and loaded it up in a big, giant semi-truck and took off with it and took it because he said, they didn't pay me enough, so I'm going to take this with me because I earned it. Well, there's a person who's missed out on understanding how God wants to bless them and has, has really suffered a terrible consequence because he was craving financial blessing more than than the blessing that God wanted to give him. But if you don't think that you could get caught up into something like gambling or get caught up into something to love money or crave for it or causing yourself to fall into a bad relationship with the Lord, we better be careful if that's how we feel because we can all fall. Every one of us can fall from God's blessings and miss out on what he wants to do in our lives. I've seen so many marriages fall apart because of money problems and because of the misuse and mishandling of it. Paul goes on to tell Timothy, remember he's talking to this young guy, and this is a good, solid Christian guy, but he's trying to warn him, don't let this get into your life. He says, pursue righteousness and a godly life. He says, along with faith and love and perseverance and gentleness. He says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. And then Paul goes on to say, and I charge you before God who gives life to all and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, he was the one who crucified Jesus, that you obey this command without wavering, 
then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So look at that instructions. Now, if the Apostle Paul felt that it was so important to warn a young godly man to be careful with the use of money, the proper or the improper use of money, then I think we should then pay attention to these words. And don't be offended by them. Don't let these words make you feel like, oh, God just wants to beat me up or pastor friend here is just trying to kind of rough us up out there in some way. But but he he's trying to, Lord is trying to help us understand that the challenges will come, the temptations will come, but we've got to remember that God is always got to be first. We've got to seek him for decisions, seek him for wisdom, seek wisdom from others, other godly people with for godly counsel. It's it's vital to do that. So then after all this is written and he's been telling Timothy and he's telling him to be careful and all this good stuff, then at the end he just he doesn't want to let up. We, we run down here to verse 17 and I didn't expect to read this many verses but I just think it's such a powerful chapter in the book of 1 Timothy and he says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. Wow, he's telling them. So you can do that. You know, those people who are struggling with finances and they just really have a difficult time when you even bring it up or when the discussion comes up or they say things like, people don't really give 10% of their income to the church, do they? I've had I've had many people tell me that, that they can't believe that people would actually take one-tenth of the money that they have and give a tithe to the church from the income that they have because they don't understand and they don't trust God and they just think that that's obnoxious. But see, when we teach that to people and we tell them that no, it is the right thing to do, there, there are there are blessings in it. And I'm going to be talking more about tithing. I'm going to be talking about why it's such a blessing to tithe and what giving away 10% can do for us, how it can bless us, and how it will increase our ability to manage the funds that we have even better than we are today. There's just so much, so much benefit in giving to God. Here in, in verse 17, the, in the last part of it, it says, their trust, he's talking about those that are rich in this world, not to be proud, it says, and not to trust in their money. It says, their trust should be in God. Wow, that's got to be for all of us. We've just simply learned, must learn how to trust the Lord with all of our heart, lean not on our own understanding, and all our ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct our path. That's Proverbs 3 5, one of my absolute favorite scriptures. It's so important that we trust God, that we understand that we can't outgive God. If we give to Him of our finances, He's going to give back. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God wants to bless us, He wants to bless His people, He wants to bless His partner. He wants to share his resources with us. You ought to tell somebody that today. You ought to sit down with some, somebody and say, you know, I listened to a podcast today and this guy was talking about how we could actually share in God's resources and, and then tell him, what What do you think that would be like? Can you imagine the kind of resources that God has? You could use anything you want to off this podcast to share with them and let them know that God wants to be their partner and that God does have unlimited resources and that they can share in that if they put God first in their finances decisions and trust God. Right here what it says, their, their trust should be in God. Then it says, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Wow, here we go. That shows you once again that God wants to bless us. See, the Lord wants us to be happy. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us 
filled with joy. They want He wants us to be happy about being Christians, to, to be a, a happy Christian. There's a lot of Christians sometimes, well, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but I, I've known of Christians who just don't seem to be happy. They talk about, well, yeah, I'm getting by. I know I'm thinking of a couple right now who's always so negative. It's always, well, I just don't have anything and God isn't blessing me and I don't know why other people get blessed. And every time you talk to them, they always look at the negative side. They always talk about the negative things of life. Well, if you do, if you talk about negativity all the time, that's what you're going to get back is negativity. Negativity. You see, we reap what we sow. Sow negative thoughts, reap negative thoughts. All right, let me get back to this scripture again. It says, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Verse 18, and it says, tell them to use their money to do good. Here, Timothy is telling this young, who Timothy is getting instruction, I should say, I need to correct that, that Paul is giving instruction to this young guy, this young Timothy, and telling him to tell other people that they need to use their money to do good. And it says, they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And you know, you'd think that that's enough, that that's enough advice, but Paul doesn't want to let up. He keeps going. He says, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life, or as I call it also, true riches. You see, I did a couple of episodes on this podcast dealing with true riches. And we'll be talking about that from time to time. But what are the true riches of life? The true riches in life are not necessarily money and gold, not at all. The true riches of life is having a relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and then having our family come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and being able to share your faith and share your witness with others and see their lives radically changed. The true riches are things that go into heaven. They literally are things that we spend money on today that's a blessing in heaven. Now you may wonder, what what is that? What are you talking about, blessings and blessings in heaven? Well, when you give money to your church and that church goes out and buys some food and they take it to a family down the street and they give them food and tell them that God loves them and, and that people in the church gave money so that they could feed this family, that family has been blessed and they know that that blessing came from a local church. You are making an investment in heaven, in eternity, when you give of your finances to the work of the Lord, to the local church, to places that are worthy and deserving to receive those gifts, and that money then goes to bless someone else. I believe many times we go out to witness and share our faith with other faith, you know, with other people. It's wonderful and great, but sometimes when a person's hungry, you need to feed them first and let them know that that blessing came from the Lord, and then they'll be open to understand the rest of the message about God's saving grace and how much He loves us and how much He wants to bless us. So I hope today's teaching has been a blessing to you. I hope that it's something that will you'll be able to use and speak to other people. Just basically to restate what we've talked about. We've talked about. God being our source in all things, that every good and perfect gift comes from heaven, that God wants to be our partner. He wants to share in a partnership relationship with us, and God has unlimited resources. So what a package deal, huh? God is there to bless us. He's there to be our source. He's there to guide us along and give us instructions. And then when we're blessed financially, we won't violate these things, and we'll maintain that partnership that we have with God. I believe that every Christian should have a partnership with God because the partnership starts when you say, I'm sorry for my sins. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me, Lord, from all unrighteousness. And I promise to serve you, Lord Jesus, for the rest of my life. 
And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Well, let me pray for you today. And let me just believe that God's going to bless you in whatever need that you may have. Father, I thank you for the privilege I have to do these podcasts. And I thank you, Lord, that these podcasts, Lord, are going out all over this country and literally all over the world. And I thank you, Father, that I've learned recently that thousands and thousands of people every month are listening and downloading these podcasts and that it has reached out to over 80 nations in this world. And I think that's just it's just overwhelming for me. And I pray that you would bless these teachings, Lord, not that I would receive any honor or glory for it, but Lord, that you would receive all the honor and all the glory, Father, and all the credit for what's taking place. Now, those who are listening today, Father, I pray blessings upon them. And I pray, Father God, that you will reach down and touch them and let them know that you're there. And I pray, Lord, that they would seek your word for wisdom, direction, and guidance, Lord, in all that they do. And I'll thank you for it in advance and give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you want additional information on my teachings, on the things that I'm talking about on these podcasts, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. On the first page of that webpage, my webpage, you'll be seeing a subscription link there that just simply says, put your name in, give me your information, and I'll get you on my weekly newsletter that I'm in the process of putting together to send one out every single week. And that will be a blessing, I'm sure, to you. Now, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So I just pray now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Next episode is entitled, God is our partner with unlimited resources. Until next time, may God richly bless you.